Security robots are taking over Lowe's stores. A wild cat tested positive for cocaine. An American smuggles ganja into Jamaica. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast in the galaxy. Let's do it. Lowe's stores in Philadelphia have set up security robots. We have security robots protecting the tools at Lowe's. Guys, if you're not aware, the robot Armageddon is right in front of our face. So we're going to allow this to happen. First, it's security robots. Next thing you know, they're running for Congress. You know this is going to happen. Let's learn a little bit about the security robots and what we're in store for. Because I'd imagine if it's a success, we're going to see this at uh, additional department stores. Customers at Lowe's across Philadelphia have encountered an unexpected sight in their parking lots over the last month. It's a five-foot-tall egg-shaped security robot that makes a cosmic whirring sound as it glides across the pavement. It probably sounds like this. See, guys, on Weird AF News, I also do sound effects for you, so I can actually put you there. I put you right in the story, all right? (laughs) That's what you get at Weird AF News. They don't do this on mainstream news. No, you're never going to see one of those people at the news desks go, woo, woo. That's what you get with me, guys, because I'm in a closet. Anyways, you should Google this because you got to see what it looks like. It's like R2-D2, sort of, but it does look like a giant egg. It, it kind of looks stupid. It looks like you could just push it over really easily. I'm not going to lie. Okay, let's find out what technology these things are equipped with and if we should be worried. What seems to have surprised Philadelphians most, it says, about these new robots, aside from their very existence is that they've even managed to survive at all in Philadelphia, given Philly's sordid history with robots. I didn't, I didn't know Philly had a sordid history with robots, but apparently they do. Philly's just a tough town anyways. Uh, they burn down the town whenever they win a playoff game, so you can just imagine how they're going to respond to some security robots. Uh, the first thing they did was give it a nickname. They, they call it Snitchbot, which is hilarious. Snitchbot. And you know snitches get stitches, but I don't know if you can give a robot stitches. You definitely can turn it off by its switches. Hey, hey we rhymed, kind of. Just trying to hold this show together, guys, as best I can. They're saying this is called the K5 Autonomous Outdoor Security Robot. It's manufactured by a company called Nightscope. They are a security technology company based in Silicon Valley. And this is part of a pilot program to heighten the security and safety of locations of Lowe's, according to Larry Costello, who's a senior manager. We have four Lowe's stores in South Philly, Northeast Philly, Port Richmond, and West Philly that have begun testing these robots. It started a few weeks ago. Uh, There are other pilot programs in Washington State, North Carolina, California, and D.C., This guy, Larry, says locations were selected based on varying criteria and scenarios. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine some of that criteria. Perhaps there's a high level of theft in these places. Uh, The K5 robot uses 16 microphones. That seems like too many microphones. (laughs) Well, they want to make sure you can hear them when they're like, exterminate, exterminate, and then they blast everyone wearing a hoodie. Uh, They also have a range of sensors, including LiDAR and sonar. Why? Why? (laughs) What the heck, man? They can detect anomalies and report them in real time to the Lowe's central monitoring team. It doesn't say what these anomalies are, though. 
Are they going to arrest me if I hit my vape in the parking lot? Like, what are these anomalies? I need to know more. The robot has four wide-angle cameras, which take 360 degrees of high-definition footage. Now, they're in the parking lots. It doesn't indicate whether or not they're inside the store. They look a little too big to be just kind of going down the aisles. You need a smaller version of this. Little mini K5 bot, perhaps. We have Stacy Stevens, executive VP and chief client officer at Nightscope. That's the company that makes these robots that are going to take over. Uh, Stacy says the K5 is not meant to replace human security guards. Yeah, that's what they would say if they're going to replace human security guards. Uh, she says they're going to provide everyone with better situational awareness and give companies evidence of criminal prosecutions. As if the cameras in the stores aren't enough, man. You're going to have this. Okay. At the Lowe's in South Philly and Port, Rich Port Richmond last week, K5 robots were stationary outside the stores with security guards parked right next to them. People actually paid no mind to the robots, she said. And that's exactly what you would want the humans to do. Pay no mind to the robots. And then they take over. K5s are equipped with thermal anomaly detection and people detection. <laughs> detecting people and detecting thermals. It doesn't say what these anomalies are that they're looking for, though. It says that the sensors can spot individuals, quote, in places they should not be or times of day they should not be there. <laughs> okay. Uh, they stress that while the K5 can detect a human being, it does not have facial recognition just yet. They can see a person, but not who it is. Well, you know, eventually, guys, there's going to be a scenario where at some point in our future where we're all going to be registered digitally on some database, then uh, these sorts of robots and security cameras will be able to pinpoint who we are and uh, what our background is right there on the spot. That's the future of this, I'd imagine. It says here the robots are able to recognize license plates and mobile devices if that information has previously been identified by Lowe's and entered into a database. So eventually you can imagine they're going to be able to detect us by our smartphone as well. My goodness. I'm quite scared. Now, just kind of get used to this, guys, because they're being used more and more. According to Nightscope's website, their robots are used by airports, hotels, police departments, casinos, and schools already. Nightscope retains ownership of the robots, and the client pays about 6 to $9 per hour for an annual contract. So already the robot's getting paid much less per hour, you know, wage-wise, uh, compared to a human being. This is why they're taking our jobs. Uh, it says here... Oh, we have, uh, this is Philly's history with robots, which I was unaware. In 2015, a hitchhiking Canadian robot named Hitchbot, which depended on the kindness of strangers to take it across the United States, was beheaded when it reached Philadelphia. <laughs> Unbelievable. I didn't know that. Its killer remains unknown, but its demise remains legendary in Philadelphia. Now, it says so far, no serious assaults against these K5 robots in Philadelphia have been reported though some users on Reddit claim to have seen one get hit twice by a car and another get hit with a reflective plastic sleeve kids had pulled from a, a bollard in front of the store. Okay. Well, you can imagine there's going to be some assaults on these K5 bots in Philadelphia, but that's not going to stop them from rolling out everywhere, guys, as the robots take over. Good luck with your life, man. <laughs> so Weird news. You know that you are. Yay! 
A wild cat tests positive for cocaine in Cincinnati. A cocaine bear, as you know, is in the theaters right now. You can watch the antics of a cocaine-fueled bear. And everybody thinks it's funny, but this is based on real-life occurrences. And now we have a cocaine cat that was found in a Cincinnati neighborhood with cocaine in its system. It is recovering currently at the Cincinnati Zoo. Got to get this cat off the cocaine, little rehab. <laughs> Maybe the cat can just switch to caffeine. It's safer. I recommend it highly. The serval named Amory is an exotic cat native to Africa. I guess it's called a serval, S-E-R-V-A-L. I might not be pronouncing that correctly. Servals or servals can grow to three times the size of an ordinary cat, weighing in at 20 to 40 pounds. What's an exotic cat, exotic cat from Africa doing on the streets of Cincinnati with a drug addiction? Because it's illegal to own servals in Ohio, according to Ray Anderson, who's a spokesperson for Cincinnati Animal Care. That's right. And I'd imagine it's also no bueno for exotic cats to be snorting cocaine. I want to know. How cocaine got in the system of this cat. Why are so many animals are on cocaine these days? I'm astounded. Seems like a waste of cocaine. I could use this cocaine. Just kidding. I don't, I don't use it. I'm not a user. I don't recommend using. I'm not, I, we don't condone using. Not about it. <laughs> I don't call it using. I call it having fun. The CAC, Hamilton County's Animal Control Services Provider, said the dog wardens were alerted to reports of a leopard spotted in a tree. This is how it all happened. Well, they thought it was a leopard. It does look like a leopard, these serviles, but they're much smaller. And uh, clearly they like uh, hardcore drugs. Here's a quote from the county animal services provider. Our initial thought was the cat was a hybrid F1 savanna, which, is a le which actually is legal to own in Ohio. You can have an F1 savanna. I know it sounds like a race car, but it's not. It's a, uh, it's a cat. Uh, we have an expert here who is pretty certain that Amory was a serval, serval. Some people say serval, some people say serval. I'm an expert. I should know how to pronounce that, but I don't. Now, these serval, these servals, these servals are illegal. Just want everyone to know they're illegal. Uh, that's why we had it brought over to the facil facility, facility. We had to get it out of the tree. It's hard to get a cat out of a tree when it's on cocaine. They want to climb, climb, climb when they're on the cocaine, you know? It reminds me of that weekend when I had cocaine in a bouncy castle. Oh, boy, I did not want to stop bouncing. Wait, did I just say that to the media? My bad. I'm, a, I'm sorry. I'm a, uh, I work for the, for the County Animal Control Services. I shouldn't say such things. Now, I have to admit, I was very surprised when I saw this exotic cat. It's the very first exotic cat I've ever seen, although I've worked with this facility for a long, long time. I was thinking, what a gorgeous animal. What a unique cat. Definitely something you don't see every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got the cat down out of the tree. It wasn't easy. Uh, but we just, we, we put some lines on the sidewalk and the cat came right down, you know, because <laughs> who can say no to some great Colombian wee? Anyways, unfortunately, the cat had a broken leg and we had to treat it. We called in some big cat experts whose specialty was handling, you know, big cats of various species. And uh, what a great day. I was very excited. Now, it says here... Amory's care lasted about 36 hours at the CAC before he transferred to the Cincinnati Zoo, where there are more resources to care for the cat's full rehabilitation. Getting off drugs is not easy. As of this week, you'll be happy to know, Amory is now part of the Cat Ambassador Program at the Cincinnati Zoo. How about that? 
Here's a quote from Linda, who's uh, she's the lead trainer of the Cincinnati Zoo's Cat Ambassador Program. How lovely. What a fun job. Uh, Amory is young and very curious. He is exploring his new space and eating well. Both great signs of progress. The CAP team is very excited to have him in our care. We're working on building trust and increasing his comfort as he adjusts to his new home. Yay! An American smuggled marijuana into Jamaica to show everyone that it's better. This is the dumbest thing. An American woman, can't believe it, she was busted with three ounces of ganja on arrival in Jamaica. She reportedly told the police at the Sangster International Airport that she brought the marijuana into Jamaica in order to show her friends that marijuana grown in the United States is of a higher quality than that in Jamaica. <laughs> All right, genius. Good job. Now you're going to a Jamaican jail, dummy. Courtney Elizabeth Baker, she's 37 years old. She's a chef slash businesswoman from New York. She pleaded guilty to possession and importing ganja when she appeared in the St. James Parish Court on Wednesday. I'd imagine she's probably the first person ever guilty and caught importing weed into Jamaica. <laughs> the last country you need to sneak marijuana into. No need to smuggle marijuana into Jamaica, baby. But she was trying to make a point, <laughs> trying to show everybody, trying to make some friends. Her luggage was examined by custom officials, and it was found to contain several parcels made from transparent and black plastic, each containing ganja. I love how they call it ganja in this story. It's almost as though it was written by a Jamaican. The ganja weighed approximately three ounces. That's, um, that's a little too much marijuana to be bringing into Jamaica to make your point, honey. I mean, you could have brought just a, couple, a few grams to make your point. <laughs> Were you trying to show everybody in the country? <laughs> I brought enough for everybody here. Not really, but you know, three ounces is t it's just too much to be bringing across a border. Regardless, uh, when cautioned, it says when cautioned, I don't know what that means. She reportedly said to the officer, you mean when asked? It says when cautioned, she reportedly said to the officer, uh, I was taking it to show my Jamaican friends that there's better weed in the United States. <laughs> wow, are you the dumbest businesswoman I've ever met. I mean, who's doing business with this moron? I can't. Okay. Uh, during her court hearing, she told them that she uses ganja for med medicinal purposes. Yes, I mean... <laughs> But you've also said your point of bringing the ganja over wasn't for medicinal purposes. It was to make a point, to prove a point, and to maybe put Jamaica out of business. You know, this is one of their best qualities. They offer amazing marijuana. I mean, outdoor. Out, we're talking about outdoor here. Grown, there's a difference. And great coffee. You know, there's amazing coffee in Jamaica. What is it called? Uh, Blue Mountain? Is that the name of the mountain that makes that great coffee? Uh, yeah, this lady's trying to just put him out of business over here. What a dummy. Um, and, and have you ever heard of bringing sand to the beach, honey? That's exactly what you're doing. Now, I mean, it's pretty known, though, that indoor marijuana is better than outdoor marijuana, just in general, no matter where it's born. You know, born, grown. <laughs> yeah, because when you're growing it indoor, you can control the environment. You can, you know control the nutrients, control the light, everything, you know? So in general, indoors is going to be better anyways. And Jamaica is predominantly outgrown, grown outdoors. Outgrown, is that a word? 
outdoor. <laughs> well, I'm out of my mind today. I think I need some ganja to straighten me out. All right, now at the end of the article, we have her penalty here, and she uh, was admonished and discharged. However, she was ordered to pay a fine of $30,000 or 30 days in jail for importing the marijuana. Uh, I don't know if that's 30000 USD or Jamaican dollars. Um, I'm sure it took them a, a while to figure out what to do with her because they've probably never had anyone smuggle ganja into Jamaica before. <laughs> like This is the first incident we've ever had of anyone importing ganja into Jamaica, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yay! Thank you for joining me for this episode of Weird AF News. Please subscribe if you liked it and you'd like more of this. It's five days a week, just FYI. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to weirdafnews.com, the official website, and you can buy Jonesy a coffee or you can join the Patreon. The Patreon's cool. It's like a subscription. You get to buy me a coffee every month and you get extra Weird AF content as a member of the Patreon. It's like joining a club, a club of little weirdos. Also, go to patreon.com slash weirdafnews or down download the Patreon app. I'm going to publish some phone calls after this. If you would like to call the show, it's 646-450-2012. Leave a message. Try not to swear too much on the messages, please. Thank you very much. I love you. I love that you left me a message, but if you say the F word a few too many times, I can't publish your call. Although maybe you don't want me to publish your call. And In fact, if you don't, just say so. Uh, anyways, yeah, we're going to hear from uh, Hannah and some friends after this, so stick around for that. And um, I guess that's about it. I appreciate your time very, very much, and we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, here's a weird thing I heard on the radio. A radish in Japan weighed 101 pounds. How many radish sandwiches are you going to make out of that? I'm so glad you were not canceled. I can't believe that you were threatening the other day. Like, Spotify people were going to be assholes or something, but thank God. Anyway, just wonderful. And I hear you have a little plug for them now, so I hope they're giving you something for that. Um, talk later. Bye. Hey, Jonesy. Just listening to your podcast, like, every morning. It's so good. I wish you would say your phone number in, like, a slower way. <laughs> Us dyslexics are having a hard time. <laughs> Yee! Oh, I just heard you're coming to Dallas, Texas. I don't know, like, how you feel about Florida, I feel about Texas. But you should come to Albuquerque, New Mexico, because it's really close. Come to birthday, no. Yee! Well, keep doing you. And, like, I think you're like a hilarious man. All right. Don't listen to those fucking angry freaking, like, commenters. I leave you a comment, but I don't do Apple Podcasts or Amazon thingy or none of that. But, like, I'll send you a voicemail because you're sick, man. Like, literally the happiest part of my morning. Latest. Hi, Jonesy. Um, this is Hannah again from Chicago. Um, I listened to your article about, you know, the cure for peanut allergies, and I think what the graduate student was trying to say is that, like, the inhibitor or the drug or whatever targets the peanuts, like, targets the allergen before you're exposed to it so that, like, you won't flare up 
once you have a peanut, you won't like get a reaction. I think that's what it's trying to say. And then it's saying if you do have a reaction after eating the peanut, like if you have symptoms after eating the peanut, it like makes the peanut go away. So it's like a preventive that like keeps you from getting the allergy once you're exposed to the peanut. And then it's kind of like an EpiPen in the sense that it makes your symptoms go away after you touch the peanut or eat the peanut. Um, I think that's what it meant, but I might not, I might not be right. Like I'm not a scientist, so don't quote me. I might be wrong, but good luck with your life, man.